Hello there, and welcome to Not The Farmer's Wife podcast. I'm CJ Steedman, and I'm definitely not the farmer's wife. I am a mum, a partner, a full-time off-farm worker, and enthusiastically a lady farmer. On our farm, Mojo Homestead, we grow chickens, goats, cows, and bees. We practice regenerative agriculture and holistic management. If, like me, you love all things farming and homesteading, and if you'd like to learn from the female farmer's perspective, then I'd love to have you along for the ride. So let's get farming. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of Not The Farmer's Wife. It's launch week. <laughs> I'm very, very excited. I'm, I love this time of year kind of thing when I do the launches, um, even though I'm just starting out and still very new to all of this. I love the fact that that I might be able to get somebody, anybody, even if I just got one person who suddenly changed from not wanting backyard chickens to wanting backyard chickens. I joke all the time that backyard chickens are the gateway drug to homesteading. And when I say homesteading, by that I mean, you know, the American version of homesteading, I guess, which is, you know, preparing more of your own food, growing more of your own food, having control over your food security, um, being in a situation where you are not reliant on others for your food um, and and for other things as well so I make soap you know we've got a honey here as well um, there's certainly a lot of things that we do around Mojo Homestead that um, if I lived in town I'd probably have somebody else doing for me and I don't um, even down to making my own sourdough bread I don't eat bread at the moment but my kids do and I feel like by making sourdough bread I'm improving their health um, but also I'm contributing to not spending a fortune on food, uh, particularly when they don't always eat it. Uh, and that's just a kid thing, I guess. Anyway, this week is all about launches, all about my chickens, all about getting people interested in having backyard chickens for all of the awesome reasons that there are for having them. And so I thought I'd just do a quick refresh for those that are maybe new to listening to um, Not The Farmer's Wife. Um, so we are Mojo Homestead, we're on 120 acres. We currently have a bunch of things that we do here. And the things that we do are egg production primarily. So we sell eggs that are produced in a pasture raised environment. So our chickens actually have access to their pasture 24 seven. They're never locked out um, of pasture. They can access the pasture whenever they want but most of them go into roost of a night. There's a couple of girls that actually don't go into roost of a night. They sleep under the tractor, so under their chicken tractor. Uh, but for the most part, they go into roost of a night. They have egg boxes, they lay in there, but they are out on grass all day whenever they choose to be. It could be four o'clock in the morning and they can be out on the grass. Now, that pasture mobile tractor that we have gets moved about once a week, depending on how much grass has, been, has grown where we've moved them to. Um, about once a week they get moved to a fresh um, pasture of grass and that's all done within it's probably about a 10k a 10 acre paddock that's um, nearest to our house that's all fenced in and they have an electric fence that goes around the outside of where we keep them in on the grass and they have a Merrimer dog called Luna <laughs> who lives in the paddock the 10 acre paddock around them and she is there to ensure that we have no problems with predators like foxes. 
We also raise pasture meat birds and those have only been done for our own consumption. So we get 20 meat birds, raise them, fatten them up and then we dispatch them and prep them and they go into the freezer and we use them for our own meat supply. Uh, and I would like to go into doing that where we're doing it on a more of a commercial level. However, there are a lot of regulations, obviously, because it's food safety. There's a lot more regulations around meat handling than there are around egg handling. So egg handling is much easier to go into compared to meat handling. But, but down the track, that is the intention, is that we will raise meat birds on pasture raised situation again. So they are not... Um, raised in commercial barns where they have no access to the outside air um, our meat birds are raised out on the grass and they have access to everything we also have honeybees i have seven uh, hives at the moment and uh, i'm due to do a um, extraction this month so we'll see how much honey we get out of that uh, today and uh, this year will be our expansion year we've only got one hive that's been producing honey but um, our hives have certainly picked up over the last 12 months and we will be expanding a lot of hives and adding frames so next year should be an absolute bumper crop on honey um, we also raise milking goats so I have Anglo-Nubian goats I have an Anglo-Nubian buck and Anglo-Nubian milkers called Hazel and Willow who are the primary mothers of all of our goats and uh, this year we also milked Lucy who is one of Hazel's daughters and next year it looks like we're going to have about um, six did I work out six no five I'll have five milking goats in milk so I'm actually thinking I'm going to have to get myself a milking machine and because again there's a lot of restrictions and a lot of regulations around selling raw goat's milk in Australia it is legal to sell raw goat's milk in Australia but there's a lot of restrictions around it and we probably don't have the infrastructure for that but I am considering looking at um, doing up our goat's milk for pet consumption and also for cosmetics so for people who want to uh, freeze the milk and use it to make soap um, I'm looking at how I can possibly do that because we will have a lot of excess milk next year so yeah that's something we need to worry about <laughs> and over the last two years we've been working out how to do our angora goats in the best way possible and uh, we this year I'm hoping that their their hair their their fiber coats have come through so lovely this year uh, that we finally got on top of the whole shearing situation and I'm hoping that this year I'm going to have some really good mohair uh, from the eight angoras that we have so uh, and then oh the only other thing that we've got going at the moment is because we also have um, goat's meat that we use for our own consumption um, but we also have potty calves that are now old enough to go to the next door neighbor's ball and I'm hoping that by the end of this year, we're going to have two lovely um, calves born on Mojo Homestead. They'll be the first calves born here. So I'm hoping that, um, that that's all going to go well. We'll see how we go. It's been a long time since I've had to birth a cow, um, having only done goats and hatched chickens <laughs> any time recently. Uh, so we'll see how we go. I know the handy helpers never actually helped birth a cow. So it'd be a very interesting experience for him and for my two kids too. Now, one thing that um, I do like to talk to people about when they're considering going into backyard chickens, because like I say, I think they are the gateway drug. They certainly, um, if you're interested in a homesteading, more self-sufficient, more food secure kind of lifestyle, having your own chicken eggs is the first step to me. And it's a very easy step. Chickens, despite what 
some people think chickens are so easy to care for uh it's it's a maintenance thing so long as you keep an eye on stuff um it honestly it's a lot less work than say a dog or a cat uh, so if if you're interested that you know and you're thinking maybe not because it's hard work don't be it's not hard work it's actually really easy you can even go away for the weekend and leave your chickens um, as long as you've got things set up in a certain way you can leave them and come back and collect the eggs and top up the feeders and waterers and and everything's fine so they really are low maintenance but what you need to do and it depends on where you live is work out whether or not there are restrictions on whether you can have chickens in your backyard now in australia we're very lucky just about all councils and you do need to check your local area but all the councils that i've looked at are more than happy for you to keep chickens in your backyard however they do limit certain things you are definitely in in most urban areas not allowed to have roosters and that's because obviously roosters crow first thing in the morning and they continue crowing all morning until everybody's awake um, so roosters are a big no-no in most urban areas which is fine you don't need roosters to produce eggs so that's fine uh, also to a lot of metropolitan councils so um, very urban area councils will say that there is a limit of five chickens now to be honest unless you have a super huge family or you want to sell eggs commercially five chickens is more than enough five chickens will probably get you a minimum of 25 eggs per week uh, and if you need more than 25 eggs per week then yeah you probably need to do like i did and move out to a big country area where you can have as many chickens as you like uh, but also too some councils in australia have some other rules that you might need to check on which are things like uh, where the chicken coop will run has to be a certain distance from a boundary fence and that's just so that your neighbors aren't you know haven't got chickens right up against their fence if they're not you know if they they're not if they're anti-chicken i said the word anti-chicken anyway i'm sure there are some people who are anti-chicken um so the the boundary fence thing is so that you're not annoying neighbors so the rest of the world uk oh my god you guys are so lucky and this is the only thing i could find so if somebody wants to correct me on this happy to get a dm over it um there are no national rules or regulations in the uk that stop you from keeping small numbers do you know what their small numbers are less than 50 chickens <laughs> i think that's small numbers but you go uk there's no regulations that stop you from keeping small numbers of less than 50 chickens however depending on where you live you might want to check your local council there might be some other restrictions re your coop or things like that uh now the u.s whoa man that did my head in the u.s you guys have different rules for every state so i tried to go through and work out but then there's things like there's states there's counties there's towns and then there's homeowner associations and they all have different rules so wherever you live in the in the u.s you need to check um i i've heard horror stories i don't know tell me any of my u.s listeners please tell me about homeowner associations being super strict on certain stuff so i don't know whether they would be really really you know crazy crackdown hard on it but obviously things that would impact your ability to keep chickens would be things like keeping roosters or the number of hens or where you've got your coop so if you've got your coop right up against the next door neighbor's fence and they complain to the homeowners association that's obviously going to cause a problem down the track for you 
So those are the kinds of things that you need to work out um, before you get chickens. I don't know why, but I've got the yawns on today. So if I start yawning, I'm sorry. I have had enough sleep. I've had a fairly long week before we go into the rest of what I'm about to talk about. Uh, I've had a fairly long week. I managed to slice my hand open last Sunday and um, so I have had a bandaged hand all week that has to be redressed today and it's not going to be any fun. Um, they were talking about doing skin graft on the palm of my hand which didn't sound like I would really enjoy that either. Um, so we haven't done that. We've, we've gone down the route of just seeing if it'll grow back. Anyway, so coops, what do you need for your backyard to get you started? Well, the things that you absolutely have to have in a coop is it has to be weatherproofed. So, you know, depending on where you live and for my friends in the States, half of the country gets snow. So I think more than half of the country gets snow. Here in Australia, we only have pockets of areas that get really, really cold or really snow. Um, where we are here we do get snow occasionally but it's not very often we do get really heavy frost though so uh, certainly my beehives will get a layer of ice right across the top of them and they do we do have to think about you know how we're managing those so with chickens it's the same they can't handle the the super super cold if they don't have an area to get out of the weather so they're fine in the snow just as long as they've got somewhere to get cover so weatherproof draft free and depending oh excuse me depending on your climate insulated so if you are in a snowing environment then definitely uh, look at some forms of insulation heating in a chicken coop is i don't think it's a good idea it's the same as why i use heat pads for the uh, baby chickens now instead of a heat lamp because i'm terrified of something catching on fire and, and it would be a real issue. So you have to have a weatherproof, draft-free, so, so rainproof, snowproof, um, somewhere where they can get out of the sun, draft-free but not unventilated. So that's really important. It's got to be draft-free but not unventilated. They need nesting boxes. If you want eggs, you want nesting boxes. So you want a minimum of two nesting boxes, but um you could also look at it as one box per three birds so you know if you have five birds you'll probably be fine with two boxes once you get up into the seven eight nine ten birds then you might be wanting to consider three nesting boxes and this is only because there is a pecking order in amongst chickens and certain chickens will not allow other chickens to use their nesting box or they might want to lay at the same time each morning as somebody else is laying and there's fights over who's in which box Having a variety of boxes just makes it easier. Now, I like to have my nesting boxes up off the ground, but not too high because not every bird is a super strong flyer. So if it's going to be up high, if you have no choice and you have to have it up a bit higher, then try and have a bit of a ledge or a lip or something that they can jump onto before they jump into the nesting box. And this will prevent uh, broken eggs also because if they're having to fly up and in, sometimes they just don't realise where they're putting their feet when they get in there. So... But one way to get around broken eggs is the next thing, which is have your nesting boxes with a slight slope to the back. Um, now, uh, if you can have it so that you have a tray out the back of the nesting boxes where they roll out into, that would be ideal. We don't currently have that at the moment. We don't have much problem. We just make sure there's a nice deep litter in the nesting boxes and we make sure that we have enough. So there's enough nesting boxes there. We've got five nesting boxes, so that's enough to cover our birds. Um, and um, 
eventually as the tractor expands which is due for another expansion then we'll probably put the sloping ones out the back so the other thing that you need for a good coop is some roosting perches now i always look at doing about 25 to 20 to 25 centimeters worth of space per bird so yeah you might need to have if you've got a large coop with a lot of birds you might need to have three or four rungs that they can get up on um, and I again always do it so that there are lower rungs and higher rungs because not every bird is a great flyer so some will always go to the lower rungs and you also have to take into account the social standing of birds so in our coop uh, Queen Agnes as we call her who's the mother of all chickens um, she even though she's the oldest bird she only lays probably every second day she roosts on the very top rung and she has um, the roosters either side of her but she also has her daughter and her granddaughter either side of her and they are considered what we call our chicken royalty in our uh, flock those birds always get pole position on those on those perches they're always on the top rung the other birds don't fight them for it they let them go and I think it's because they know that they are part of the original family or flock of birds so all the other birds, because we have quite a few Isa Browns, they will nest and roost on the lower rungs because they know their place. Their place in that flock is that they are not the upper echelon. They're not royalty. They're not sitting up on that high post. They're not the roosters. So depending on where they sit in that pecking order, depends on where they sit on the rungs. So we have four rungs at the moment that are about a metre and a half, two metres long and um, they sit anywhere on those some girls aren't even allowed on the lowest rung and they will nest uh, they will sit up on the top of our boxes because we don't have a slanting roof on our box on our two top boxes so they're the things you have to have for for a good coop now size and space because this is what gets people when they're thinking about backyard chickens they always go oh but i don't have the space in my backyard it really doesn't take a lot of space and again it depends on what breed you have so you know a buff orpington which is a quite a large bird probably wants a little bit more space than say a little bantam but three to five birds which is the most that most people would want in their backyard um if you're looking at three chickens you're going to want between three square meters or for my uh, imperial measurement friends 32 square feet of enclosed run now if they are being free range during the day you can sometimes get away with a little bit less space than that of a night time so long as they're being free ranged every day um in uh so so per bird if you look at one square meter or 10 square feet per bird so obviously if you had five chalks then you'd be looking at five square meters uh, worth of enclosed run but again as i say if you're free ranging them on a very regular basis so if they get out of that enclosure every single day and they're out on grassed you know backyard uh, then you could probably get away with a little bit less than that so you could probably go three square meters even for five birds um, but you need to make sure that you have got backyard area that they can get to so you can't let them out of the run but then kind of corner them off so that they don't have access to a lot of other areas uh, if you've got a veggie garden just be mindful they will strip it bare in no time flat so definitely uh, consider having fencing and I use the Thunderbird electric fencing for our girls out in the paddock and honestly I really really like it it's so easy to move around 
it has got a bit damaged now over the years ours but it's also been being used for three years where we move it once a week if you're not moving it as regular as us then you're probably not going to damage the fencing like we have we also have a pack of goats that cause a whole bunch of issues with our fencing <laughs> thanks goats they just love it they carry on and jump all over it and do dumb stuff so yeah anyway the other thing to think about when you're considering this backyard chicken you know movement that you'd like to get into is to talk to your neighbors honestly the 99% of neighborhood concerns about chicken coops would be resolved with just a friendly conversation I really can't stress that enough um, everywhere I've lived I don't think anybody has had a problem with backyard chickens or they certainly haven't had a problem with me having backyard chickens no roosters make that very clear to them you're not going to have roosters which is most people's biggest concern about backyard chooks the other thing that people worry about the two things really that they worry about are smell because they worry about chicken poop um, and you know chicken shit smells there's no nice way around that it does smell but uh, does it cause a problem no it doesn't you if you're cleaning it out regularly and putting it in a compost it dries fairly quickly and then once it dries it's basically the same as any other compost that you would use in a veggie garden uh, the other thing they worry about is pests so pests can be negated really easily by the fact that all of your feed bins anything you use to store chicken feed is going to be um, sealable and you have to make sure it's sealable you do not want pests getting in uh, rats and mice getting in and peeing on chicken feed causes disease you do not want that to happen so always have feed tubs that are sealable and that you can keep uh, free from any kind of pests that will discourage pests being there in the first place the second thing you could probably say to your neighbor if they're really concerned about mice uh, no mouse would last five minutes around my chickens I have seen my chickens fight like fight over who is eating a mouse and yes they do eat mice uh, field mice that we have out in our paddock uh, they if we turn over a tub and field mice run oh my god it is on for young and old they will attack the field mouse and rip it apart so let your neighbor know that chickens actually eat mice I mean they are little mini dinosaurs they're related to dinosaurs um, they they are omnivores they will eat mice and there won't be a mice issue so any mouse that comes near my chicken coop is pretty stupid mouse in my opinion because realistically it's going to get eaten now the other thing you have to worry about in an urban environment and most people don't think about this is predators if you live in an urban environment you probably tend to think nah you know I don't have to worry about uh, in Australia the main one is foxes or um, predatory birds like eagles but I've never had an eagle take a chicken uh, and we have a couple of really big wedge-tailed eagles on the farm uh, but the main issue that you have in an urban environment is cats and dogs and people will go oh cats won't take a chicken cats will absolutely take a chicken if they are given half a chance normally the chicken will fight back at the cat because it's not big enough to be a real threat and that will stop the cat in its place dogs on the other hand the only time I have lost chickens in an urban environment is to domestic dogs or foxes and you might think foxes wouldn't come into an urban environment they absolutely do uh, friends of ours who also raise backyard chickens uh, live in a suburb um, in Canberra and they get at like they have foxes come into their yard and they're in an urban like suburban environment 
and there's still foxes there. They still come in. But we've lost, we've probably lost more chooks to domestic dogs. Domestic dogs are the real issue, especially dogs that have a real strong um, prey um, instinct. So um, cattle dogs, Kelpies, and yes, I have a Kelpie myself, so I can honestly say she has been a problem. She will chase and attack a chicken if she gets the opportunity uh, because that's just in her nature. Uh, little foxies, things like that. They're rat dogs. They they would normally chase and rats down and, and kill them. So they have no problems chasing a chicken down. So if you're in an urban environment, your biggest threat is going to be dogs, domestic dogs. And the best way to get around that is to ensure that you have really good fencing that dogs cannot get through. Cats tend to jump over fencing. So uh, lucky for me, when I lived in Canberra and still had chickens, I um, had I lived in what was considered to be a cat containment area now that didn't mean that everybody listened to the rules we did have a cat come into the yard once and i sent a little fly around to all the neighbors uh, and the only reason i knew the cat had come in was because i was putting down new grass and i'd put down the sand to lay the turf on and came out the next morning and the cat had turned the sand into a kitty litter and so I sent a little message out to all my neighbours and said I'm setting up a little mini cat trap, which was an old fox trap that I had. And I said, um, when I catch the cat, it'll be going to the pound. So if you're letting your cat out of a night to come and use my backyard as a kitty litter, I would suggest that you keep your cat in as per the cat containment laws in this area. Um, I, I have no problem with cats personally, but they are destructive against wildlife. And there are a lot of areas and councils now that are asking for cats to be contained because of that, because they do tend to kill the wildlife um, at a pretty alarming rate. So hopefully you're in a cat containment area or you're, any cat owners in your area are smart enough to know that cat containment is the best thing for the environment. Um, dogs, you know, dogs get out. So fencing is a must <laughs> and having good solid fencing around your yard is really, really important. And that will also go a long way to stopping foxes. Now, foxes do tend to be a bit more um, invasive than a dog, than a domestic dog when it comes to climbing through fences, which is why um, anytime I have built a um, chicken coop that is um, at risk of predators, I always lay wire out across the ground uh, to make like an anti-dig wall. If you haven't seen them, just Google anti-dig chicken coop and it'll be wire mesh or sheet metal that goes into the ground around the coop. And it's the idea is that the animal will start to dig and it can't dig through the wire or through the wall of the shed because it goes down in under the ground a bit. And that prevents them being able to dig underneath the wall of the coop and get into the chickens. So Google that. Um, I might try and post something on my social media. So make sure you follow me at Major Homestead and I'll try and post something showing what our anti-dig wall looks like um, in case you're not sure. Now, the other thing that you need to think about, and certainly for my US friends, they have way more pests than we do that are destructive towards chickens. So I think you guys have bobcats. There would be bears in some areas. Uh, raccoons I think will take a chicken I'm pretty sure if somebody maybe wants to DM and let me know um, there's also different kinds of weasels and things like that that will come in and take chickens which or badgers I can't think which ones they are anyway but I've seen photos of, of them being dispatched on farms where you know somebody's had a problem with pests getting into the chicken yard 
But in Australia, one of the things we also have to worry about, and this will be the same in the States, certainly, I don't think the UK would have as much of a problem with it, uh, but we have an issue with snakes. So mostly pythons, but snakes will come into a chicken coop and they're not necessarily in to take the chicken, although they will take chicks if you've got small chicks there, but they come in to steal the eggs. And the number of times that we have in our old farm, uh, the two and a half acre farm, uh, come out and found a python in the chicken coop and it can't get back out through the fencing because it's swallowed an egg whole and its tummy's too big and it'll get stuck in the fence because it can't squeeze through the fencing. So if snakes, if you live particularly up north in Australia and pythons are very, very prolific breeders up there, um, then it's probably worth putting a small um mesh around certain parts of your chicken coop to prevent snakes being able to get in through your chicken coop um, and always check before you put your hand in a nesting box <laughs> if you live up north and you've got lots of pythons around you uh, because they will eat a, an egg and then curl up and go to sleep to digest it and um, certainly when I lived up north I have on a couple of occasions stuck my hand in a nesting box and gone ah oh, shit as I felt scales and backed out of there real quick <laughs> so always look before you put your hand in I mean that's good tactics anyway but yeah so then the other thing that you need to think about from a backyard chicken keeping perspective is your cleaning and maintenance and this is going to be the thing that your neighbors are going to be most worried about and likely the council will be most worried about as well so it's a good idea to have a very regular cleaning schedule. And for me, my cleaning schedule is um, a bit different because we are out in a big paddock and we have, you know, um, chickens that free range out in the grass and they don't have to worry so much about all that kind of thing. But we still have to clean it out. And the reason we still have to be very careful with cleaning it out is because of parasites and pests. So even on a bigger scale, you still have the same kinds of things you have to think about. So for me, in the AM, I when I had a smaller coop that was, you know, fixed in the one spot, I would go out in the morning, I'd let the chickens out, I'd do a quick visual inspection on chickens just to make sure nobody was sick. If you've got a sick chicken, it's a really good idea if you can quarantine them away from the other chickens, just so that if it is something that's contagious, they're not going to give it to everybody else. Uh, I'd also check that they had enough water and food for the day. And that's pretty much all I would do in the morning. In the afternoon, after they'd been out all day, I would go in, I would collect the eggs because they were going through the day and lay in their nesting box. And I'd check their water and food again to make sure I'd usually top it up in the afternoon. Uh, and then I would, in my smaller coops, I will scoop out any chicken poop out of the bedding areas and the nesting boxes. It's a really good idea to try and stop them from sleeping in the nesting box because they do shit when they sleep. So it's better if they're up on a roost because then you can control where the poop is going to land. If they're in their nesting boxes sleeping, they will shit in the nesting boxes. So um, something that I saw that was a really good little tactic that I've used is getting a kitty litter scoop. Um, and you can put it onto a long pole if, you, if you've got bedding on the ground. But for the nesting boxes, just using the kitty litter scoop to kind of filter through the wood shavings that I use in the nesting box and it'll catch and trap kind of big chunks of poop and you can flick it out into a compost bucket. So you can go through and clean out your nesting box. If there's any obvious um, 
large piles of poop in a bedding area that's when I would clean that out and also put that straight into the compost now remember if it goes into your compost you can't use it on your garden straight away because until it dries out it's I think it's nitrogen that it's rich in and that can burn your plants so it's important to let chicken poo dry before you put it onto any kind of garden beds so that's why you put it into your compost and turn it over so collect the eggs check the water and food scoop out any obvious chicken poops and also check to make sure that your chickens are going back into roost of a night now it's a natural um a natural thing for chickens to want to roost of a night they want to go somewhere high away from predators and that's why it's a good idea to have enough rungs so that they can all share and get in there but sometimes you have to encourage it um, we had a bird when we lived out at gunning that would always go and nest in the tree and it was just a really good flyer so our chicken coop area was under our orchard area and there was a couple of apple trees and this chook used to just go up into an apple tree just about every night and so we'd have to grab it take it in put it on the roost it didn't want to be on the roost but it did go in eventually and start sleeping on the roost um, so just check that they're all back in of a night and if you have any kind of predator threat then make sure that that door is locked and closed of a night um, if it's a secure coop then you have no problem with predators getting in there now that's a daily one but you also have to think about probably a one, once a month deep clean where you go in and really give it a good shake up some people use a deep bedding method where they're just going in and topping up um, wood shavings or um, coffee grounds I've heard of people doing in bedding areas and they just keep packing it down and what it will do is it'll absorb all the chicken poo and because chickens wee when they poo they don't wee separately kind of thing so it'll absorb all that moisture and then it packs down and you just add more litter over the top of it and then once in a well some people do it once every six months some once every three months I prefer to do it once a month I will go in and do a big scrape out of all of the litter that's in there any poop that I can find clean it right out I usually will sprinkle a little bit of lice powder at the same time just to try and keep on top of the parasite issue um, but I'm going to try, I'm thinking about trying this coffee grounds method. I've seen a woman online doing coffee grounds and she said, not only does the coop smell awesome, but um, dry coffee grounds, you can scoop the poop out of really easily and then just pack down a little bit more on top of it. Um, I've also seen people use blue metal in their, not in the bedding area, but in the enclosure ground area uh, because it's easy to use a, a little kitty litter scoop and scoop up any poop out of that. Um, and, and once a month you want to really go over your nesting boxes too you might need to change the litter in there the bedding um, you might want to consider using mats instead of bedding completely so they're like a it's like a carpet mat that sits in there and that's to try and help keep the eggs clean because dirty uh, nesting boxes will result in dirty eggs and you don't want to have to keep washing eggs if you don't have to uh, you know eggs have a natural protective coating over them and if you're collecting your own eggs nice and fresh then you don't need to wash them unless they're covered in shit then you're probably going to have to but I don't even wash mine until I'm going to use them if they've got a little bit of um, poop on them I, I wait till I'm actually about to use them and then I'll give them a quick wash before I crack them open just so just so we don't get that lovely chicken poop in with our uh, scrambled eggs because that's always lovely um, but yeah so um, for the 
for those nesting box hygiene issues you want to probably clean it out once a month sprinkle a little bit of lice powder in there before you put any bedding back in there um, also too if you can have sloped roofs on your nesting boxes we don't at the moment and it's my biggest bugbear because it means I have to scrape poop off the top of the nesting box if you've got sloped roofs they can't roost up there they can't shit on there you don't have to worry about cleaning them it's a win-win cuts down on your time so the other thing is we talked about rodent and pest control it's really important to make sure that your feed hoppers um, can't be accessed by wild birds wild birds in australia and i would imagine also in the uk and the us um, carry um, parasites and also diseases uh, murex disease is um, transported to chickens in australia via wild birds so if you can make sure that your hoppers are situated where wild birds can't access them that's a really good idea and that would also likely make them uh, fairly pest proof as well so you want to reduce rodent and wild animal um, access to chicken feed hoppers and also to their water if you can help it but so cleaning and maintenance wise you want to probably clean out your hoppers particularly your water hoppers if you've got a, a hanging water hopper instead of a drip one you'd want to clean that out at least once a month give it a really good scrub out otherwise they just get a, a layer of mold in there like um, algae growing in there and it's not good um, also at that point when you're doing that monthly check inspect for wear and tear where it's much easier to fix the the door of your chicken coop when it's still got a couple of screws holding the the hinge in place rather than waiting for it to be completely fallen off before you fix it um, so just check if there's anything you know if there's um, areas where the nesting box is coming apart or a perch has kind of slipped off and or, or been damaged by birds climbing up and down all the time or a door's hanging off the time to fix it is when you first see it uh, but the second best time to fix it is your once a month routine maintenance check if you like uh, and also too that's a good time to check for ventilation now birds chickens do not like to be in damp uh, wet areas but what they do like is to have clean air so damp air and condensation will affect your chickens it will cause diseases it will cause illness it's really important that you have ventilated areas within their chicken coops and it's not just for them if you've ever stuck your head in a chicken coop that is not well ventilated oh my god the smell of the manure is just so vile um, I know MJ my daughter on occasions where she's gone up to the chicken tractor where we've had tarp around it when we had particularly big rainstorms we had tarps around it because we we're just having horrendous amount of rain here and she went up there and said mum I can't go in there <laughs> the smell is too much and it was it was lack of ventilation once we removed the tarps the wind blew through and the, the air cleared and it was much nicer but you need to stop drafts but you still need to make sure there is ventilation you don't want damp air in your in your coop and biosecurity i spoke already about wild birds not getting in but also to quarantine any new birds that you do get to come into your coop and the only reason for that is because it's easier to quarantine and check what's wrong with them before you introduce them to your healthy happy birds and cause some kind of disease issue it's much much easier now parasites parasites are a big one that you have to consider if you're if you have a fixed coop with our roving tractor coop it's a little easier only because they're not in exactly the same place all the time but a couple of things to think about always have a dust bath 
So always have an area that you can put ash and sand in because chickens will self-clean. They are quite clean birds and they will try to keep parasite loads to a minimum on themselves, but they need a bathed area to do it. And for them, it's a dry dust bath. You'll see them dig a hole if they don't have one. So if they've done that, if they've dug a hole, just add some ash or some sand to that and allow them to use that where they've dug it because they're obviously going to keep going back there. Um, but the other thing is that on that once a month clean out, that's a really good time to either check your birds for parasites. And if the load's getting a bit high, um, sprinkle some powder over them. The powder that we use, and I'm trying to see if I've got it here. I don't have it in my office reach, but it's a, um, a powder that you sprinkle across the bird and it stops the lice um, in their tracks. You can, I also sprinkle that in the nesting boxes and I also sprinkle it around the coop, around the edges on the posts, on the roosting rungs in the coop because they're the really high contact points for the chooks. Um, and it's much, much easier if your chickens are very healthy, if they're already healthy, well-fed, um, they get lots of sunshine, they, they've got a good dust bath, they've got no issues with, with parasite loads normally, it's easier for them to manage their own parasite load and keep it down. But definitely go into your coop and check on a regular basis to see if the parasite load is getting a bit much. And if it is, we, we had a massive explosion just recently because we had huge thunderstorms with lots and lots of wet weather and then hot super hot days like 40 degree days and i think it just made the parasites explode and go overboard so we had a massive kind of explosion in the space of like two days we collected eggs no problems the next day we went up to collect eggs and, and mj was helping me and she's like mum this thing's crawling on the eggs and I looked and I went oh my god no like what's happened the day before we had nothing and the next day we had like literally overrun so the very next day we cleaned the entire coop out all the birds got doused in, in lice powder all the bedding boxes got moved and changed out and, and washed out and fresh bedding put in with the powder mixed in so it, the, we don't have a parasite problem now they're all nice and happy and healthy again uh, but it was just it was an explosion and at the same time we had a bit of an explosion with worms we had haven't had a problem with chicken worms in a long time and I went and checked a couple of girls just to see and there was worms in their poop and it wasn't all of them there was only a few of them obviously they're a bit run down they can't fight their own parasite load uh, so chicken wormer for everybody <laughs> it's like two two or three have chicken worms well guess what everybody gets wormed it's like a car for everybody from oprah anyway so that's what you need to consider before you go into the chickens now there's lots of other things there's so many moving parts and this is why i run my backyard chicken keeping course is because there are so many moving parts when it comes to chickens um, there's a lot of things regarding health um, not just with parasites but other health aspects of chickens there's um, deciding whether you're getting point of lay chickens or whether you're going to get day old chickens and raise them up from day olds in a hatchery um, there's issues regarding how you maintain your eggs and storage of eggs and long-term storage of eggs and how to deal with gluts and things like that um, and then there's also um, uh, nutrition and what you're feeding them and a lot of people don't understand a lot about the whole nutritional aspect of, of particularly for egg laying birds um, they think they can just survive on scraps alone and <laughs> they can't chicken scraps are great for chooks they love them it gives them a foraging kind of feeling that that is a natural instinct for chickens but they absolutely cannot survive on scraps alone make no mistake about it 
anyway, if you're interested in learning more about that, um, the, all this week I have my Backyard Chicken keep, Keeping course open for registration and I would love to have you on board if you're at the beginning of your, it's very much geared towards beginners, but if even if you've got chickens but you're a bit nervous and a bit unsure about whether you're doing the right thing, um, make sure to follow me at Mojo Homestead and uh, jump on board and have a look at the course if you think it's something you'd like. If you've got any questions, I'm more than happy to answer DMs. I am literally available all week this week. <laughs> so it's been great chatting with you and I'm going to go and do lots more videoing because I'm doing lots of posting this week to get people on board with chicken keeping. Um, and I hope you've got something out of that. If you have, don't forget, and I very rarely ask for reviews, but jump in and give me a review. Or if you know somebody who's just at the beginning of their chicken keeping journey and uh, they could do with, you know, a lot more information, then please direct them towards Mojo Homestead and me and I'd be more than happy to help them. Anyway, I'm off to make myself a cup of tea and I've got to go check goats before I deal with chickens again. I will see you all next week. Thanks everyone. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed our time together. If you did, I'd be so grateful if you left me a review. I would also absolutely love it if you tagged me in your next post on your favourite socials at either Not The Farmer's Wife or Mojo Homestead. And don't forget to get your free guide to backyard chicken keeping at www.mojohomestead.net backslash seven must knows. And remember, grow the life you want to live. See ya.